Shalom Aleichem, welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Seth Rogovoy. Seth is the author of Bob Dylan, Prophet, Mythic Poet, a full-length analysis of Bob Dylan's life and work, and The Essential Klezmer, a music lover's guide to Jewish roots and soul music, the all-time best-selling guide to klezmer music. He's also a contributing editor to The Forward, and Seth serves as the artistic director of the Yiddish Book Center's annual Yidstock, the Festival of New Yiddish Music. Welcome, Seth. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Always exciting to have you join me. And um, cutting to the chase, I think we're doing something a little different this year and decided it's time to uh, share the much-awaited announcement of the lineup for Yidstock 2018, which kicks off July 12th. 2018 at the Yiddish Book Center. So usually we hold off on uh, getting people information about the lineup, but we're going to do it in conjunction with opening up ticket sales this week. So before we begin chatting about Yidstock 2018, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the history of Klezmer, sort of just how it's evolved, it's morphed, how it borrows from and adapts from, and again, how it all plays out today. I know you do deliver a really great talk at Yidstock, um, and we usually give you an hour or so to, do, to cover it. But if you could give us a short version for po- for the podcast. Give you the one-minute version, the, maybe two minutes. Exa- oh, we'll give you two minutes. All right, here we go. So um, the music that we today that we call Klezmer has its origins in the old world wedding music. This was music that musicians played at weddings for dancing and for listening while people were eating, while people were doing uh, processionals, uh, you know, escorting the bride uh, and groom to the chuppah, escorting the bride to the mikvah, um, and of course, uh, primarily for dancing. That, that's how we know it. Um, so the, the music that we listen to today that we call Klezmer originated there. What happened was, uh, along with the migration of two and a half million Jews, Yiddish-speaking Jews from Eastern Europe to the United States and primarily to New York City and primarily to the Lower East Side, the music migrated too. And um, so this would have been between the years of 1881 and 1924, approximately. And uh, so... As with any kind of migration, things get uh, changed, uh, assimilated, other influences um, take place on the music, so that uh, in this case, uh, the popular music in America at uh, in those early years was marching band music, and eventually jazz, and, and, and after that, swing music. So musicians who were uh, working in uh, to, to play Jewish weddings and other Jewish events in the United States at that time uh, incorporated the sounds that they were hearing. Just like in the old world, this also happened. The, the musicians there were incorporating dance rhythms and melodies, not only from Jewish music, primarily from Jewish music, including synagogue music, but also from the music they heard in the regions where they lived. So that could have been Russian drinking songs, it could have been uh, Ukrainian folk songs, uh, anything like that, uh, waltzes, classical music. Um, same thing happens in, in the United States throughout, really, the, uh, the next hundred years, but primarily through the, uh, let's say, uh, till World War II, after which time 
there was kind of a dormant period in klezmer music um, until the music got picked back up in the 1970s by a bunch of musicians who um, were looking for their own music, which had been kind of, uh, I don't want to say taken away from them, but, but which had been put in the closet. So they, they rummage around in their closet and they rediscover, oh, wow, we have this great old music uh, as good as equally to Balkan music, Bulgarian music, Irish music. And, and uh, so a bunch of them said, wow, we're going to rediscover our own music. And that's when they, they gave it the name Klezmer music because it was always just basically known as uh, Jewish dance music. Um, people like Andy Staffin, uh, Hank Esnetsky with the Klezmer Conservatory Band, uh, bands called Capella and other groups and, and individuals started uh, relearning the old tunes, playing them very much the way that they uh, were played on recordings that they discovered uh, from the 1920s and 30s. And, um, and then after really learning the music, they were able to uh, bring their own personalities and their own influences, contemporary influences, to the music. So it, it began to speak the particular language and accent of our time. Uh, through bands like uh, the Klezmatics and Brave Old World and groups like that uh, brought influences from rock music, reggae, uh, contemporary classical, jazz, um, and even hip-hop. So uh, this is the music that we primarily feature at Yitzhak, it being the festival of new Yiddish music. We, um, as much as the, these people are all very much grounded in the so-called traditional music, but also bring their own individual takes on it so that uh, it is a vital and contemporary thing and not a uh, museum object. And, and when you're talking about this, we're, we're sort of now placing ourselves in the 1980s when this begins to have this evolution. Some people call it a renaissance or a reimagining, but it's the 1980s, Yeah. It started in, uh, so in the 1970s, you had the revival, people learning the old music. Uh, in the mid-1980s, uh, people start uh, experimenting with it, adding their own touches to it, and, and that has continued uh, until today. So, um, and, and a lot of the artists that we feature at Yitzhak each year are at the cutting edge of, um, of uh, fusing the, uh, the music with, uh, the old music with the new. One of the great things about working with you, Seth, is um, I will confess this has been a huge education for me over these many years because my, you know, if you had first asked me to describe klezmer music, I think I would have thought of the, you know, the dance band or the military marching band and not necessarily the many, can I use the word genres to to describe different styles of music? Is... Sure. Okay. Genres okay. subgenres. Right. So, you know, again, it, it's fascinating to me to see the different bands that you curate every year and put together these programs and to see Klezmer begin to um, become part of a jazz repertoire or in one case, one year we had bluegrass, we've had classical. Um, Again, elaborate on this a bit in terms of why these different museum museums, excuse me, why these different musicians are weaving this into their work. Um, what is it about these roots that they feel connected to, and how 
um, they see this playing out in their own work. Sure, sure. And, and one thing I, I, I should add is that uh, we keep using the word klezmer, but uh, for, for Yitzhak, we're really talking about an even larger uh, area of music, and, and that's, that's Yiddish music, which, of course, klezmer is, is a major part of and probably most known and, and probably what we hear the most at, at Yitzhak. But, but it also includes um, other kinds of music because, you know, klezmer is typically... The, the dance music or the instrumental music, and obviously Yitzhak, we have all kinds of Yiddish music. We have vocal music. We have uh, we build on uh, traditions of Yiddish folk and theater music. Um, I mean, just last year we had a, we had a huge, almost like a uh, uh, an an opera uh, based, uh, but sort of a, like a Broadway slash opera slash. Uh, contemporary music. It was uh, amazing, Seth. <laughs> hard, to, hard to decide what words to use to describe it other than an incredible event. Right, right. So, um, in answer to your question, you know, the, I think what the reason that these musicians who we bring to the festival um, and, and showcase, the reason that they are uh, mixing and matching, if you will, which which uh, in their styles of Yiddish music or klezmer is really no different from what happened in the 19th century. As, as I said earlier, that, um, you know, musicians have always been sort of the, uh, uh, if you will, even before there was such a thing as, as radio, they've, they've always been, or social media, they, they've been the transmitters of, of culture and cross-cultural fusion so that, uh, um, in the old world, let's say, the Jewish musicians uh, may have been the ones to hang out with gypsy musicians and, and, and so that there was a, a back and forth between the two um, so that the gypsy musicians learned some Jewish tunes and the Jewish musicians learned some gypsy tunes and rhythms and, 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 and ways of playing and so that they both influenced each other. Um, this has never stopped, it, and it never. And I think it's because these these musicians, certainly the ones that we bring to the festival, in large part, are are the most creative ones. I mean, you know, you can just basically play what's on the page, so to speak. Although this music traditionally has not been a uh, a music that is notated, um, but much more. Uh, as a folk music passed on as an oral tradition. Of course, t today that's a little different because we have recordings, so, so you can learn a lot from different people's recordings. So, you know, people like, for example, who, who we've got coming uh, this year, uh, people like David Krakauer and people like uh, So-Called, uh, also known as Josh Dolgan. Um, you know, these are people who are steeped in in the old world music, in Yiddish music, it, in the immigration era, klezmer, but uh, but you know, in David Krakauer's case, he, he is uh, he's a world class classical virtuoso clarinetist who who gets uh, booked and hired to play with some of the most famous orchestras around the world in classical music. He's also uh, a cutting edge jazz musician. Um, he, he has his own. And he's also immersed in uh, soul music and funk music, the music of James Brown, because this is the music that he grew up with listening, 
you know, even more so than Yiddish music and Klezmer music, and that, that's really the case for all of these musicians, almost all of them. Um, uh, you know, in Josh Dogen's case, he, um, he's, although he, he knows Yiddish music inside and out, particularly the folk music and the theater music, he is a, uh, he's a skilled hip-hop uh, sampling artist, and uh, so he brings that technique to Yiddish music, and um, he knows it, he knows both of them so well, so he creates this amazing new fusion, if you will, which, again, speaks to contemporary audiences in a way that, um, that is both lively and provocative and thought-provoking and, and danceable. Speaking of so-called, um, let's tease out a little bit about who's coming. You've got, and I find this really intriguing, um, you've got so-called doing the final concert at Yidstock, um, and it's a string quartet, not what you might expect. Right, right. So Josh Dogen, uh, so-called, is primarily known as the, uh, the klezmer hip-hop guy. And, um, and, but Josh is amazingly multi-talented um, to, to the extent that uh, in his last few years, Theodore Bikel, uh Josh was his right-hand man. He's a accompanist. He, uh, you know, Josh played piano for Theodore Bikel at all his concerts. And, um, and Theodore Bikel loved, you know, Theodore Bikel, in the way as the, the epitome, say, of Yiddish folk music, of the, of the folk revival in the 50s and the 60s, you may not think of him in terms of hip-hop, but Theodore Bikel loved what Josh was doing, and they actually recorded together doing hip-hop versions of songs that Theodore Bikel recorded, uh, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. Um, anyway, Josh himself does so many different things, and one of the things he's doing, because he's an amazing musician, is he is taking the music that he's done, and he, he is transcribing it for a classical uh, string quartet. And uh, this is this project of his so-called string quartet has rarely been performed, and so we're so thrilled to be uh, um, bringing the, presenting this as the uh, final concert of uh, this year's Yitzhak Festival on Sunday, July 15th. Um, and uh, so, so Josh will be singing and, and playing uh, his instruments, which tend to be keyboards or accordion, a piano, um, along with a string quartet, especially selected um, for this performance. The example of so-called speaks to what I think is a fun of the way that you put together the program every year, curating it. And um, it's also, I want to make sure that we're aware that a lot of time goes into your putting together what I would describe as kind of like the perfect dinner party, Seth, where you've got mm. this great coupling of people who all play off of one another, no pun intended. But it's interesting that there's a lot of cross-pollination, and I think it's also safe to say that Yidstock gives a lot of these musicians a real opportunity to get on stage and, and perform with one another. So, for instance, we just talked about the so-called string quartet on Sunday evening, and so-called will be joining David Krakauer's Klezmer Madness reunion concert on Saturday. Talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. that, my friend. Well, you know, one of the great things about um, having a festival, a multi multiple-day festival, is you bring all these talented people together, 
and um, some of them already perform together at times, and, and it's a unique opportunity if you happen to have them together. You know, in the case of David Krakauer and So Called, and I'll go into a little more detail about the two of them and their collaboration. And sometimes um, we're, we're even able to, uh, in a sense, commission a unique collaboration, um, which we do have, and, and I'll talk about that in a minute um, at the festival. Uh, because musicians love to play with each other and they love to experiment and um, and they're they're part of the fun for me certainly and I think uh, um, the proof is is has been in the pudding of uh, we've gotten great feedback over the years is to uh, make these things happen either through planning or through serendipity so uh, David Krakauer and so-called have for years uh, collaborated in in multiple different ways um, both in recording and in live performance. Um, most notably, I guess, they have a uh, uh, really a Yiddish uh, funk hip-hop supergroup um, called Abraham Inc., where um, it's David Krakauer, so-called, and Fred Wesley, who is a member of uh, James Brown's band. So, you know, both David and, and Josh, so-called, have always been influenced by funk music, and here you actually have one of the avatars of of uh, uh, modern funk uh, play together. So in this case, um, yes, we we um, we're bringing David Krakauer for the first time ever, actually, to Yidstock. So uh, it's long overdue, and we're, he's hard to get because he's so busy. But we're thrilled to have him doing a number of, of different uh, concerts over the course of the weekend. And in fact, Josh, so-called, is, is the only returnee of this summer's festival. Almost almost all the other performers are making their Yidstock debuts, just because I like to keep things interesting and new and different. Um, and 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 uh, Josh's return this year is doing all new things. So so it's his Saturday night um, collaboration with Krakauer. Uh, David Krakauer's Klezmer Madness was was David Krakauer's original group, his original um, let's say progressive Klezmer group. Um, for a number of years, David was the clarinetist for the Klezmatics. And then uh, in the late 1990s, he went off on his own, and, and he's been doing a, re a remarkable array of different projects since then on his own and with different groups of, of his own. And uh, But, but Klezmer Madness was the first one. And, you know, for me personally, it was actually one of the very first groups I ever heard. Uh, David was one of the very first people I actually talked to about Klezmer, so I'm thrilled that he's uh, reuniting with this group and, and this repertoire, which he, um, you know, hasn't played with in a long time. So we get the original personnel with Josh, with so-called as a special guest. Um, that will be, that's the big concert on Saturday night. Uh, uh, kicking off the festival on Thursday night, David is bringing his acoustic klezmer quartet, um, which is another group that he plays with now. Um, and, and that uh, focuses on a, an entirely different side of the repertoire. It's much more kind of a chamber music concert uh, with uh, kind of more old-world sonorities and, and crossed with classical music approach, uh, much more uh, listening and, and beautiful kind of 
tones as, as opposed to what we'll hear on, on Saturday night, which is going to just be a wild and crazy uh, funk dance concert. So, Seth, let's go really quick. Maybe we can just do the quick lineup. Thursday, July 12th, we kick off with David Krakauer's Acoustic Klezmer Quartet. Uh, Friday, who who have you got on the bill? Okay, so Friday, um, a couple of uh, debuts, uh, youth stock debuts. In the afternoon at 2.30, we've got um, Heather Klein and Joshua Horowitz. Now, Heather is fascinating because um, Heather is uh, an opera singer, basically. She comes from that background. Um, so, so what she has done is um, gone uh, to the Yiddish repertoire, and Yiddish uh, song actually has an art song uh, repertoire g- going back a hundred years. So, so Heather combines her operatic training with with the, the beautiful tradition of Yiddish art song, and um, in a, in a duo performance with Joshua Horowitz who is uh, and has been forever one of the um, uh, greatest instrumentalists and scholars of klezmer music, um, uh, who has performed with a number of groups. He's he's, a specialist in what we call early music klezmer with groups like uh, Budowitz, uh, where just as in classical music, when you talk about early music, it's it's uh, it's literally old music, but it's also played on the original instruments and and in in uh, arrangements as close as possible to the original style. So we're thrilled for Josh to be making his uh, Yitzhak debut. Then at 5:30, um, we finally are bringing um, Anthony Russell to uh, Yitzhak in his duo called Svei Breeder. Uh, we've long uh, tried to get Anthony, and finally scheduling worked out that we have him uh, doing a couple of things at uh, Yitzhak with his duo Stay Free there. Um, it's Anthony singing and with a piano accompaniment and um, doing a, a, a repertoire of, of all kinds of Yiddish, uh, great Yiddish classic uh, tunes and theater tunes and cantorial music. Um, and... Um, uh, Anthony will be back on stage with with a uh, program Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, which is being especially made. We, we've especially commissioned this program that uh, has never will uh, is debuting at Yitzhak. It's never been uh, done before, and this is a program where Yiddish music will dance with Ladino music. Um, you know, although we are primarily about Yiddish, being the Yiddish Book Center, and this being the Yitzhak. Festival of New Yiddish Music, we, um, we're also inviting uh, one of the greatest contemporary artists in Ladino music, which is uh, the music of um, the Judeo-Spanish tradition, um, as opposed to the Judeo-Eastern European tradition that we uh, usually represent. Sarah Arueste, um is both a scholar of uh, uh, traditional Ladino music, but also she's uh, kind of like the klezmatics of Ladino music in that she um, she brings Ladino up into the 21st century with uh, very modern arrangements and, and a modern approach. She she also has a, a background in um, uh, operatic singing and, and classical music singing. Um, so she 
will uh, work, and they're, they're putting this program together as we speak with Anthony Russell to f- try to find the um, correspondences, whether they be thematic or uh, musical, between Yiddish music and Latino music. So uh, that, that's a program which I'm really proud uh, to be presenting to the world. Uh, that'll be on the uh, Sunday, July 15th at 3 p.m. And so we, we mentioned Saturday night is, uh, again, David Krakauer's Klezmer Madness reunion concert with special guests so-called. And the one other concert we didn't mention is on Sunday at noon we have Beyond the Pale. And um, yeah. uh, in addition to the concert, Yudstock also offers um, related talks and workshops throughout the festival. And I guess we should direct our listeners um, to the full schedule where they can see what's what. Uh, you can purchase concert passes and individual tickets by visiting yiddishbookcenter.org backslash yidstock2018. So thanks for joining me today, and um, we'll be in touch over the next many months. Sure thing, and see you all at Yidstock. All right. Take care, Seth. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. My name is Carol Renard, NEH Oral History Project Coordinator. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. While you're there, I recommend listening to episode number 141, Lisa Newman's March 31, 2017 conversation with Alan Kaufman on kosher pickles in the Lower East Side. Until next time, be well, be healthy. Zeigesund. Zeigesund.